3: also, with other interesting guests. Then, listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Today's show is pre-recorded. Uh-huh. Y'all know what time it is. Y'all don't know. Y'all better <laughs>
4: Like the million bucks, bucks a things in its cubs you mm-hmm. tell me, who could it be But Steve Harvey? Oh, yeah, everybody listening to me mm. Put your hands together for Steve Harvey Put your hands together for her, girl Listen to me, Steve are why don't you join yeah. me for yeah. me?
5: Will, good morning everybody, you're listening to The Voice, come on dig me now, one and only Steve Harvey, got a radio show, yeah man, God is in the blessing business all day, every day, God got hundreds of millions of blessings that he passes out every day, all I want to do is be the recipient, that I'm the recipient of what he has for me. That's all I want. I just want God's favor and I go, I want God's blessings. You know, of course, I need his mercy and his grace, but I just want his blessings and his favor. I want I want that in my life because it does things for me that I'm absolutely incapable of doing for myself. And I've been a recipient of many of those. And you can be the recipient of them, too. You already are, really. Really, you already are. If you're getting up every morning, that's a blessing. If you're getting one day closer to anything you're trying to accomplish, that's a blessing. But now, let let me me talk to you about this part right here, folks, because this is the part that messes people up a great deal. What happens when you get off track? What is that? What does that mean when you get off track? See, I've been off track, I can't tell you how many times. And it happens in so many aspects of your life. But, but what is it that makes getting off track so debilitating to some people? You know, there are some people who once they off track, they off course. they off the dream. they on to something else. And you cannot allow the fact that you've gotten off track to stop you can I tell you something? Everybody gets off track. There are people who are living their life's dreams in spite of getting off track. See, what happens when you get off track, here's the simple thing to do. The simple thing is just to get back on track. Now that's that's. But that's easier said than done, ain't it, Steve? Yeah, because see, people, when you get off track, here's some of the things that happen. See, you get the, here come the naysayers, some of them from the outside, some of them internally. Here's what gets said when you get off track. See, I told you. I told you. You know, you, you, you start hearing that. It's not for you. Okay? This is all just because you got off track. It's not for you. Okay, here's another one. It ain't meant to be. You can hear it or you can say it. Well, I guess it's just not meant to be. But let me ask you a question. though. Who made the rule that when you get off track, you can't get back on? Who Who made that rule? Where is that written that once you get off track, you can't get back on? See, because I'm going to tell you something, folks. There's no such rule. As a matter of fact, it's, it's quite the opposite. See, everybody in pursuit of a dream, a goal, an aspiration, or a mission is going to get off track sometimes. You're going to get derailed. There are going to be days where you're not going to get it right. There are going to be days where you feel like giving up. There's going to be days when you're just gonna flat out get it wrong. That's the journey. But let me tell you something. Every successful person that I know, ever met, talked to, set out and chopped it up with, have shared one thing in common. We all get off track. We all get it wrong along the way. I don't care who the person is. The president got it wrong along the way. Your pastor got it wrong along the way. Choir director Gwai got it wrong along the way. The principal at your school got it wrong along the way. The valedictorian of your class got it wrong along the way. The star of the team got it wrong along the way. They've all been off track. Your boss down at your job, he got it wrong along the way. Your immediate supervisor got it wrong along the way everybody i know that has any measure of success in every in every level that you call success however you want to label it has gotten off track as a matter of fact it's impossible listen to me it is impossible not to get off track in pursuit of your dreams goals visions aspirations it is impossible Don't you let nobody tell you that they got through life unscathed, that they made it because they was just so determined and I would let nothing turn me back. Yeah, you might not have let nothing turn you back because you're here. Oh, but you thought about it. Oh, you thought about it on days when you was off track. But see, people don't like to tell the whole story. They just want you to think as much as you can about them. So when they tell you their story, they leave out, the, the stuff along the way. It was just hard work and determination that got me here. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was the fact that you got off track and the grace and mercy of God allowed you to get back on. His forgiveness allowed you to get back on because you would not believe what some of the people have done. So when you get off track, don't allow the naysayers outside and the big naysayer inside because let me tell you something. The biggest naysayer of them all comes from inside. See, it don't matter what other people say out there. It takes some time for you to learn this, and I understand, because it took me some time to learn it. See, I have a lot of naysayers out there, but I ain't operating for them. I operate in function for the ones that love me, for the ones that get me, for the ones that understand what I'm really trying to do. And so don't you be the one that, doesn't allow yourself to get back on track when you get off track. Because like I said, who made the rule up that you can't get back on track? There's no such rule out there. Stop stopping yourself from getting it right. So what you started the diet at the beginning of the year and you are already off start another one, start over, try it again. Don't ever stop trying. If you stop trying, you can't make it. But if you never give up the effort, if you never give up and say it's over, it ain't over. You heard the saying, it ain't over to the fat lady saying, I never invite her. She's not invited. It ain't over to the fat lady saying, I don't know where the fat lady stay. I have not sent her an invitation to none of my events. She's not welcome here. She didn't ask me a couple of times. How come I never get invited? Because you're going to start saying it, and I ain't got time for that. All right? Stop inviting the fat lady to
0: all your events. Thank you.
6: You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning.
0: You know, it's so important to have representation in media. I remember growing up in Chicago, I was heavily influenced by the beautiful voices on the radio, Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get podcasts.
5: Steve Harvey, Marty Show live and well on this very, very special MLK holiday. We celebrate the life of one of our greatest leaders of all time, Martin Luther King. Uh, Make no mistake about it, man. One of the great leaders we've had in our community. Did so much for civil rights and the movement and all things uh, wrapped around that. Greatest orator I've ever heard. One of them anyway. Well, the greatest I've ever heard. But anyway, just here to celebrate the life and times and the things that he's done today. A day of celebration. Uh, It's a day off also, so congratulations for that. And congratulations for being recognized as a national holiday. That was a long fight to get that done, especially mm-hmm. in this country. Lord know what that is. Shirley Strawberry Collar, Pharrell, Mouth of the South, Junior Boy and yourself. Yeah. Uh, we here about to get it doing. Junior, what's going on, man? Hey, uh, man, it's Dr. King Day, man. What is your yeah. favorite speech about Dr. King? Oh, without a doubt. I have a dream. You know, it was really at his death in 68, our teacher bought a television to school. A black and white TV and we watched the funeral in school and um, there was a period where I was really not with the Martin Luther King doctrine at all because when I came home when he got killed my mother and father were crying my father came home from work Mm -hmm. early and I saw my mother and father standing there crying and I was a little boy I didn't understand this and my father said man White folks don't want us to have nothing, hmm. and you know this is an old black man talking, right? In 1968, who was born in 1914? My father was born in 1914, wow. so I want you to understand now. This dude right here has seen some things. So when I, so when I heard him say, "White folks don't want us to have nothing," that affected me,
4: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: and my I heard my father say, you know. Little little black boys and little white girls are joining hands. I just said, man, they don't want us holding their hand. They don't want us. To. That affected me so for a long time, a long time.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Sound familiar? I mean,
0: based on on yeah. on your experience,
5: I, it, it was one hundred percent truth. Yeah, I thought I thought, and, and it took years and years and years because you know I went to all black elementary. All black junior high, all black high school. It took me a long time to run into cool white people. Mm -hmm. Understand that, man. I was before segregation. I mean, I I mean, integration. I was before Mm -hmm. that. Wasn't no busing. So you are looking at a kid, man, that had to evolve in a lot of ways. I grew up in a time where what the statement my father made was ever so true to me. It took me a long time. And Martin Luther King listening for years after that was one of the things that brought me out of that. But I thought for a long time, white people just didn't like us. Uh, and, and 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 sad to say, but there are moments where they take me right on back to that. Some of the actions of some white people you take today. me right on
4: back. Right. You talking right about 2023. Yeah. Uh-huh. Currently. Right now. <laughs> today. right now. Yes, sir. Yes. Right yes. Sir. now. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, as we celebrate the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King, coming up at 32 minutes after the hour, we'll play some highlights from Dr. King's most famous speeches right after this.
6: You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show.
5: Right now, here's the drum major instinct speech on the Steve Harvey Morning Show.
7: An instinct. It's a kind of drum major instinct. A desire to be out front. A desire to lead the parade. A desire to be first. And it is something that runs a whole gamut of life. And so before we condemn them, let us see that we all have the drum major instinct. We all want to be important, to surpass others, to achieve distinction, to lead the parade. Alfred Adler, the great A psychoanalyst contends that this is the dominant impulse. Sigmund Freud used to contend that sex was the dominant impulse and Adler came with a new argument saying that this quest for recognition, this desire for attention, this desire for distinction, is the basic impulse, the basic drive of human human life, this drum major instinct. And you know, we begin early to ask life to put us first. Our first cry as a baby was a bid for attention. And all through childhood, the drum major impulse or instinct is a major obsession. Children ask life to grant them first place. They are a little bundle of ego. They have innately the drum major instinct. Now in adult life, we still have it and we really never get by it. We like to do something good And, you know, we like to be praised for it. Now, if you don't believe that, you just go on living life, and you will discover very soon that you like to be praised. Everybody likes it as a matter of fact. And somehow this warm glow we feel when we are praised or when our name is in print is something of the vitamin A to our ego. Nobody is unhappy when they are praised even if they know they don't deserve it and even if they don't believe it. The only unhappy people about praise is when that praise is going too much towards somebody else. But everybody likes to be praised because of this real drum major instinct. Do you know that a lot of the race problem grows out of the drum major instinct. A need that some people have to feel superior. A need that some people have to feel that they are first and to feel that their white skin ordained them to be first.
4: Let you
7: they have said over and over again, in
4: ways
7: that we see with our own eyes, in fact, not too long ago, a man down in Mississippi said that God was a charter member of the White Citizens Council, and so God being the charter member means that everybody who's in that has a a kind of divinity, a kind of superiority. And think of what has happened in history as, of, as a result of this perverted use of the drum mage instinct It has led to the most tragic prejudice, the most tragic expressions of man's inhumanity to man. I mean, not only does this thing go into the racial struggle, it goes into the struggle between nations. And I would submit to you this morning that What is wrong in the world today is that the nations of the world are engaged in a bitter, colossal contest for supremacy. And if something doesn't happen to stop this trend, I'm sorely afraid that we won't be here to talk about Jesus Christ and about God and about brotherhood too many more years. If somebody doesn't bring it in to this suicidal thrust that we see in the world today, none of us are going to be around because somebody's going to make the mistake through our senseless blunderings of dropping a nuclear bomb somewhere, and then another one is going to drop. And don't let anybody fool you. This can happen within a matter of seconds. They have 20 megaton bombs in Russia right now that can destroy a city as big as New York in three seconds with everybody wiped away in every building. And we can do the same thing to Russia and China. But this is why we are drifted and we are drifting there because nations are caught up with the drum major instinct. I must be first, I must be supreme. Our nation must rule the world. I am sad to say that the nation in which we live is the supreme culprit and I'm going to continue to say it to America because I love this country too much to see the drift that it has taken. God didn't call America to do what she's doing in the world now. God didn't call America to engage in a senseless unjust war as a war in Vietnam And we are criminals in that war. We have committed more war crimes almost than any nation in the world. And I'm going to continue to say it. And we won't stop it because of our pride and our arrogance as a nation. But God has a way of even putting nations in their place.
5: Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, speech, the Drum Major Instinct speech, it was actually delivered at Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia, on February 4th, 1968. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. encouraged everybody to participate in community service.
6: You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show.
5: Welcome back to the ride. We will continue with more of Dr. King's the Drum Major Instinct speech.
7: Nobody is unhappy when they are praised, even if they know they don't deserve it, and even if they don't believe it. The only unhappy people about praise is when that praise is going too much towards somebody else. But everybody likes to be praised because of this real drum major instinct. Do you know that a lot of the race problem grows out of the drum major instinct a need that some people have to feel superior a need that some people have to feel that they are first and to feel that their white skin ordained them to be first they have said over and over again in ways that We see with our own eyes. In fact, not too long ago, a man down in Mississippi said that God was a charter member of the White Citizens Council. And so, God being the charter member means that everybody who's in that has a a kind of divinity, a kind of superiority. And think of what has happened in history as, of, as a result of this perverted use of the drum mage instinct has led to the most tragic prejudice, the most tragic expressions of man's inhumanity to man. I mean, not only does this thing go into the racial struggle, it goes into the struggle between nations. And I would submit to you this morning that What is wrong in the world today is that the nations of the world are engaged in a bitter, colossal contest for supremacy. And if something doesn't happen to stop this trend, I'm sorely afraid that we won't be here to talk about Jesus Christ and about God and about brotherhood too many more years. If somebody doesn't bring it in to this suicidal thrust that we see in the world today, none of us are going to be around because somebody's going to make the mistake through our senseless blunderings of dropping a nuclear bomb somewhere, and then another one is going to drop. And don't let anybody fool you. Oh. This can happen within a matter of seconds. They have 20 megaton bombs in Russia right now that can destroy a city as big as New York in three seconds with everybody wiped away in every building. And we can do the same thing to Russia and China. But this is where we are drifting, and we are drifting there because nations are caught up with the drum major instinct. I must be first. I must be supreme. Our nation must rule the world. And I am sad to say that the nation in which we live is the supreme culprit. And I'm going to continue to say it to America. Because I love this country too much to see the drift that it has taken. God didn't call America to do what she's doing in the world now. God didn't call America to engage in a senseless, unjust war as a war in Vietnam. And we are criminals in that war. We have committed more war crimes almost than any nation in the world. And I'm going to continue to say it. And we won't stop it because of our pride and our arrogance as a nation. But God has a way of even putting nations in their place. The God that I worship has a way of saying, Don't play with me. He has a way of saying, As the God of the Old Testament used to say to the Hebrews, don't play with me, Israel. Don't play with me, Babylon. Be still and know that I'm God. And if you don't stop your reckless course, I'll rise up and break the backbone of your power. And that can happen to America. Every now and then I go back and read Gibbon's decline and fall of the Roman Empire. And when I come and look at America, I say to myself, the parallels are frightening. We have perverted the drum mage instinct. Every now and then, I guess we all think realistically about that day when we will be victimized with what is life's final common denominator. That's something... We call death. We all think about it, and every now and then I think about my own death and I think about my own funeral, and I don't think of it in a morbid sense. And every now and then I ask myself, What is it that I would want said? And I leave the word to you this morning. If any of you are around, When I have to meet my day, I don't want a long funeral. And if you get somebody to deliver the eulogy, tell them not to talk too long. And every now and then I wonder what I want them to say. Tell them not to mention that I have a Nobel Peace Prize. That isn't important. Tell them not to mention that I have three or four hundred other awards. That's not important. Tell them not to mention where I went to school. I'd like somebody to mention that day that Martin Luther King, Jr. tried to give his life serving others. I'd like for somebody to say that day that Martin Luther King, Jr. tried to love somebody. I want you to say that day that I tried to be right on the wall question. I want you to be able to say that day that I did try to feed the hungry. I want you to be able to say that day that I did try in my life to clothe those who were naked. I want you to say on that day that I did try in my life to visit those who were in prison. I want you to say that I tried to love and serve humanity. Yes, if you want to say that I was a drum major, say that I was a drum major for justice say that I was a drum major for peace. I was a drum major for righteousness. And all of the other shallow things will not matter. I won't have any money to leave behind. I won't have the fine and luxurious things of life to leave behind. But I just want to leave a committed life behind. And that's all I want to say. If I can help somebody As I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word of song, if I can show somebody he's traveling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. If I can do my duty as a Christian, ought, if I can bring salvation to a world once wrought, if I can spread the message as the master taught, then my
6: living will not be in vain.
0: See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash strawberry. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash strawberry. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... Today is MLK Day. It is a day of service. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. devoted his life to service and fighting for civil rights and freedom. Dr. King had a pursuit for racial, social, and economic justice. And Steve, I gotta ask you this question. Uh, You know, you talk about this a lot. You talked about it earlier this morning. You've been through a lot growing up. So how have you learned to deal with racism? How, How have you dealt with it? I mean, look, (laughs) I mean, pretty much like
5: most people, I mean, I'm angry about it. I don't I don't understand what's taking so long. It it just it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, It's it's actually pathetic. Why is it in 2023 that people of color are still asking for equality, which seems like um, we're asking it from 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 somebody that's not willing to give it? I mean, it's just obviously that there are people who are set in their ways. And it's frustrating. Now, we, even with that said, I have devoted myself to being the best person that I can be to elevate myself as high as I can. But not only elevate myself, stick my hand back down the wall and bring up as many people as I can. Thus, my foundation. Thus, my ranch. Thus, me trying to promote young people. Thus, helping people i'm constantly looking for ways to uplift the 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 oppressed the downtrodden people and 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 that carries over into all people too and and that's what's been crazy about it man i'm willing to help all people now do i have a special affinity and do i target mostly uh people of color yeah yeah i do that and I was talking to one guy one day and he said, well, how can you just target them? I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's where I see the most need. I see the most need in people of color, or in, in oppressed people. So I'm targeting my efforts. I said, you know, now, look, it's all types of people come to the camp. Uh, anybody can come to the camp. Yeah. Asians are oppressed. They welcome at the camp. All Latinos come to my camp. They welcome- I got white kids come to the camp. You know, I got all of them.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Diversity. Mm -hmm.
5: But you know, you can't get mad at me because I know where the greater need is and I can see it more obviously. And it's my obligation because if the government not going to do it and they trying to cut state funding and they not going to do it. Well, let's just look at this right here. For example, let's just look at the education disparity in this country. Why do we have an educational disparity? Because the money on the federal level that we pay in taxes and we pay state taxes, local taxes, it all goes into a fund. Now, the areas that pay the most funds into the state taxes or the federal taxes are the places that receive the most money back. Poor places are not gonna have as big a pool to pick from. So poor places stay behind the eight ball. It's the system they set up. See, they set that system up, not me. So what should be happening is we should, as a country, make sure that all people have access to a quality education and a free education. Nah, that ain't the American way. That ain't the American way. But that's why we're losing education-wise on a global level because other countries, they don't, they don't do it that way. We should all be able to, we make enough money in this country where everybody should get free medical. Mm, no medicine is a business. Yeah. We, yeah. we don't get that. Yeah. yeah. Sick so you is know, a but, business. Yeah. right. But mm-hmm. this is the system they set up. And the system is not set up and targeted for the underprivileged or the oppressed.
6: Mm-hmm. Or the less fortunate. That's right, right, Steve.
5: So it's not set up that way. So my obligation and my foundation is for the less fortunate, the oppressed, the downtrodden. And I go out of my way to see that that happens. But, you know, we're going to win. It's just sad that it's taken so damn long. And it's, it it pisses you off. And I, I would say this to anybody who is not of color. How long would you like to wait to be treated equal? How much time you want to devote to same treatment, equal pay, fairness in housing? How would you like it if every time you cut on the news, the police were shooting somebody who looked like you? Mm. How, how long? How, how long you want us to wait? I mean, I'm, I'm listening. It can't be much. And I don't, I don't know the white lady's name that asked that famous question to a room full of white people. Who in here would be willing to trade places with black people?
0: Who? Was
4: that Jane Elliott? Yeah,
0: Jane. Um, mm-hmm. I
5: think so. Jane Elliott.
0: And yeah. she says because you know
5: that they are being treated unfairly. But that nobody's doing anything about it. So we have to do it ourselves. We have to do this ourselves. We have to keep picking ourselves up. That old pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Yeah, that's cool. Except a lot of people don't have the boots or the straps. So you got to keep the faith and we got to reach back and we got to help mm-hmm. as many as we can.
0: And it's so interesting that you asked the question, Steve. How long? Because we're, as we celebrate Dr. Martin Luther King, that was in the '60s. That was I'm in the ti- '60s. I, I ain't yeah,
5: patient we're still no going more. This. I'm yeah, out yeah. of patience. I'm done with you talking about waiting. I ain't waiting no more. Hmm. See, people are hit the wall now. People, whether you we're ain't gonna exhausted. give it, we are gonna take it. I'm ex- yeah. I've been exhausted. Yeah, I'm overwhelmed. I'm sick and tired of it. And 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 we are people of color are sick and tired of it and you would be too if it was happening to you but it ain't happening to you so you ain't gotta right. be sick and tired of that's that right hard.
0: and we'll have more of the steve harvey morning show as we celebrate the life and legacy of dr martin luther king jr right after this
6: you're listening to the steve harvey morning show well
0: today is mlk day and tomorrow tomorrow is steve harvey's Wow, Steve, 66th birthday. Woo! Tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Six, six. 66. Yes. six, sir. Wow, yeah. Steve. Mm-hmm. You can call Steve's voicemail at 877-29-STEVE, 877-29-STEVE, and leave him your birthday shout-outs. You never know. We could play your birthday shout-out on the air. Okay, Steve, I know you have big plans for your birthday tomorrow. What's happening?
5: No, I don't know. I had to just wait to see what the wife going to do. But you know, you get your kicks on Route 66.
0: Yeah. Oh, look at you. Yeah.
6: I already it got it together. It it. 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 You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I know, somebody, told
5: me, somebody told me, man, you getting old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Old is the goal. It's the goal. I, I like
6: when you I love say that thing.
5: If you don't that. like getting old, you can end it. Yeah. You can, you is, can if, end it I any minute it. now, but you do know you won't be here for next Christmas.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and it's in. Yeah, man, months. it's just
5: like wow. It's just like crazy, man. Sixty-six. That's a big uh, number. A blessing. That's a big number, man. That's a big number.
0: How you feel, man? It, How do yeah. you feel?
5: This, I probably feel more blessed this one than anyone before.
0: Why is that? And
5: because I lost so many partners, man. Oh,
0: okay. man. Oh, wow. okay. Yeah. Okay. That'll make you. I lost, I lost some
5: boys this year, man, that broke my heart. Will Horton. Q. From uh, Bowling Green, Tootley Doo. My best friend, marvelous Marvin Horton's brother, Will Horton. Flip Bass. My special in the frat, he passed. He was just at my house for the big roundup we do for a bunch of cues. He was at my house. Then the next year, we had it at my ranch. He wasn't there, so you know, a lot of a lot of us, a lot of cats is dealing with health issues, and so this year was probably this is my one of my most grateful years because, you know, as we age, you know, I I got some health things I'm I'm grappling with too. You know, I'm just the body been, you know, I was watching a video. It says, you know, have if you ever noticed when you look at older couples. The woman is always a little bit more spry and chipper than the man. Hmm. The man is always dragging behind. The woman always looks a little bit more spry and chipper than a real old couple. That's hmm. because that man has been grinding. And he says, when you've been grinding, grinding means to wear down something. Hmm. You know, if you grind your teeth, if you grind yeah, two pieces yeah. of stone together, you grind the cornmeal. It's grind. You grind it. He said that's that's hard, man. And a lot of men, man, just suffer from being in the grind. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been grinding, man. I have. I've been grinding. There's a, there's a price for, for success. There's a price for poverty. You know, yes. it's sort of funny. I want, I'm going to touch on that a little bit later on today. I'm going to touch on that a little bit later on.
0: All right, Steve. All right. Coming up at 32 minutes after the hour, we'll have more on this King holiday right after this.
6: You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show.
0: The late great civil rights icon, State Representative John Lewis, spoke at the March on Washington back in 1963, and then he spoke at the 50th anniversary March on Washington back in 2015. Take a listen.
8: 50 years ago, Fifty years ago, I stood right here in this spot, 23 years old, had all of my hair and a few pounds lighter. So I come back here again to say that those days, for the most part, are gone. But we have another fight. We must stand up and fight the good fight as we march today. But there are forces, there are people who wanna take us back. We cannot go back, we come too far. We wanna go forward. Back in 1963, hundreds and thousands and millions of our brothers and sisters could not register to vote. When I stood here 50 years ago, I said, One man, one vote is the African cry. It is ours too, it must be ours. I also said, some people tell us to wait, tell us to be patient. I said 50 years later, we cannot wait. We cannot be patient. We want jobs and we want our freedom now. All of us. It doesn't matter whether we are black or white, Latino, Asian-American, or Native American. It doesn't matter whether we are straight or gay. We are one people. We are one family. We are one house. We all live in the same house. So I said to you, my brothers and sisters, we cannot give up. We cannot give out. We cannot give in. We must get out there and push and pull. Now, I, a few short years ago, almost 48 years ago, well, 48 years ago, almost 50 years ago, I gave a little blood on that bridge in Selma, Alabama, for the right to vote. I am not going to stand by and let the Supreme Court take the right to vote away from us. You cannot stand by. You cannot sit down. You got to stand up, speak up, speak out and get in the way. Make some noise. The vote is precious. It is almost sacred. It is the most powerful, non-violent tool we have in a democratic society, and we got to use it. Back in 1963, we hadn't heard of the internet. We didn't have a cellular telephone, my iPad, our part, but we used what we had to bring about a nonviolent revolution. And I said to all of the young people, you must get out there and push and pull and make America what America should be for all of us. We must say to the Congress, fix the voting rights act. We must say to the Congress, pass comprehensive immigration reform. It doesn't make sense that millions of our people are living in the shadow. Bring them out into the light and set them on a path to citizenship. So hang in there, keep the faith. I got arrested 40 times during the 60s, beaten, left bloody and unconscious, but I'm not tired, I'm not weary, I'm not prepared. To sit down and give up, I'm ready to fight and continue to fight, and you must fight. Thank you very much. You're listening to the
0: Steve Harvey Morning Show. Happy King holiday. On January 6th, about 10 days ago, President Biden awarded the Presidential Citizens Medal, the country's second highest honor, to the heroes who defended the U.S. Capitol during the January 6th insurrection. According to MSN.com, these honorees included Capitol Police officers and two election workers from Georgia who refused former President Donald Trump's pressure to overturn the results of the 2020 election. Three of the medals were awarded posthumously to the families of police officers who died in the days after the attack, and President Biden told the honorees, quote, history will remember your names, remember your courage, and remember your bravery. We are, we, we all were just so proud of the U.S. Capitol Police Officer Eugene Goodman, the brother who diverted the invading rioters and domestic terrorists from the Senate chamber. Take a listen to the moment when he was awarded his Presidential Citizens Medal.
9: An Army combat veteran and a U.S. Capitol Police Officer, Eugene Goodman embodies fearless public service. In the breach on January sixth, twenty twenty one, he made himself a target to divert insurrectionists away from the Senate chamber, enabling the former vice president, lawmakers, and staff to escape safely. In the face of a clear and present danger, he
6: did his duty.
5: You know what? Um, you know what about that? That's amazing to me. That mm-hmm. In this country. Mm-hmm. There still hasn't been total justice for what has ha- what happened on, on that day.
0: That's right. You know. Steve, that's right. Right. There still hasn't mm-hmm. been
5: total justice.
0: Mm-hmm. 2 years ago. Yes sir. But yeah.
5: I can tell you for a fact. Had those rioters been black,
0: mm-hmm.
5: you would have seen one of the biggest slaughters of human life. Uh, rushing in the capital like that? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Donald Trump has still yet to answer or pay for his role in it. If Obama was president
4: huh. Huh.
5: and had made that speech before the rioters went down to Capitol. Don't even go there. How, how do you how do you think this would have played out and work? I already oh. And you know, for Donald Trump not to be paying a price for any of this, now I have noticed. I don't know if you've noticed, but Fox. Rupert Murdoch has said he will not support Donald Trump's bid. So now Fox, mm-hmm. oh, they done had Hannity and Tucker Carlson come, and so now they no, now they're saying we knew all along he lost the election. Oh, oh really?
0: so now it's not a oh, lie.
5: Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh-huh. oh, now they're 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 coming out because they got depositions now. They mm-hmm. say they knew it all along that he had mm-hmm. lost the election. Oh Hannity, his main boy, pulling out. Tucker Carlson, they pulling back. Read these depositions that they got these boys saying now. Mm-hmm. See, y'all, CNN don't tell them. They don't. They don't fight fair. They, they, they You know, they, they. they CNN trying to fight like they Christians. That ain't what Fox <laughs> doing.
4: That Fox,
6: Fox is.
5: fighting. <laughs> like we he need does. to fight, <laughs> dog. <laughs> Like it we medieval.
4: <laughs> yeah.
5: <laughs> a, a ball with some nails on the end of it. That's yeah. how Fox fight. Yeah.
0: And you know those two election workers that won the uh, Presidential Citizens Medal yes, Award. They received the b-
6: death the threats. Yeah, all the black of that. And, and Trump mother. is still
0: mm-hmm. talking about them. He on mm-hmm. his little social media. And listen theme. to me. How he ain't
5: being held responsible Thank for you. none of this. Now Fox didn't pull their support from this dude. But man, I'm telling you, it's we're such a hypocritical nation. But this country, man, this country makes me sick at times when we won't do the right thing, which has been making me sick for quite some time now. It's a wonder, man. I ain't just—I, I, I'm surprised. I'm still here, sick as I'm in. I, I've been sick. As, I, I can't for believe a long it.
0: time. You've been Woo. sick of it, huh? Yeah. Been- I don't know
5: what I got, but I got something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank god man he ain't took me out with this because i've been sick of this for a long time it's just yeah. amazing man and that martin luther king's speech and his day we still are grappling and wrestling with equality yes
0: mm-hmm. yes with Today. with All these su- years later we're
5: mm-hmm. still grappling with voter suppression mm-hmm. you know they ain't standing out of voting places uh with fire hoses and guard dogs no more but they got other ways now yeah, yeah. laws yes, they, they, they have,
0: still <laughs> trying to suppress yes. <laughs> right. voting rights and all that yeah. yes yeah. so
5: and with all of that we still have so very far to go you know i'm very proud of the accomplishments that a lot of us have made i'm a proud of a lot of families that's out there that's doing well you know grant cardone said something over the holidays that if a Man is making less than four hundred thousand dollars a year for his family, he ought to be ashamed of himself. And I just looked at this dude and I went, wait a minute, man. What? No, you didn't. Oh, that was a big he that was a it? big blow. Grant Cardone said, if you're I not making that, 40,0 and I went, Whoa, dude, hold up, man. I Dog, kept if you if you taking care of your family.
6: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right.
5: If you're taking care of your family, I don't give a damn what you make. You doing what you're supposed to do. And Amen. you deserve a medal for being a man. Grant Amen. didn't say that nowhere off Martin Luther King did he? Bro, <laughs> four hundred thousand dollars a year. Do you know how many people? That's crazy, bro, 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 You know how much money that that is though. That's
0: a lot of money. Yeah, bro. The
5: average Almost American don't ability. do that. Yeah. No, yeah. not at all. The average person does not do that. For you to make that statement, I don't know what he was trying to say, and I haven't heard him issue a rebuttal yet. But I thought that was just like. Man, how idiotic can you be?
6: Out of Man, touch. You know, Privileged to, privilege that you are. Yeah.
0: Yes. To yeah. that's, that's it. Like that is, that is it. Privilege. That's right. That's, that's right. Bro, mm-hmm. yeah.
5: I was living pretty good without $400,000. I ain't going to lie oh. to you. Yeah. And many families of four do, you know. My they father, do. the most he made, I think, was 56000 a year. That okay. was big. That's
6: yeah.
5: That's good money. Yeah. yeah. That is today. That's good money. Dog, we balled that year. Yeah. Dog, we <laughs> ball all up. We balled that year. Woo. I had two pair of normally <laughs> Nobody had just got one. <laughs> yeah, two pair. Man, dog, and, I find, and... bought. Dog, I bought my first pair of gym shoes that was in a box that wasn't tied together in a knot on a table in the produce section at the grocery store. I remember <laughs> first pair of gym shoes I got that was in a box. Mm-hmm. Dog, I put them shoes in that box every night.
6: Yeah.
0: You took every care of them. You were a good steward. Yeah. yeah. And, and you, it was what family. What you have been blessed with. Mm-hmm. Yes. Your daddy was there. Your mama was there. Your sisters mm-hmm. and brothers. It was family. Dog,
5: got a bike for Christmas. What you talking about? What? <laughs> <laughs>
6: you all were rich. <laughs> Living good. Blessed. Yes. Yes.
5: yes. You know, man, yes. you have got to appreciate where you are. Yes. And you know, even myself, man, I've really had to rethink my goals and aspirations. I still have high goals and aspirations, but mm-hmm. I've started to focus more on the where I am. And and show way more gratitude for where I am mm-hmm. as opposed to where I want to be. Yeah. Where okay. I want to be. All right, dreams moment. and visions you got to have, but man, I'm way more grateful. I'm glad I came to that too.
0: Yeah. In okay. the moment. That's good. All right. And just FYI, Steve, the destruction the rioters caused was $1.5 million, okay? $1.5 million in damages. That's according to the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Columbia. Several of the accused participants have either been convicted or are awaiting trial. The number of federal indictments against individuals accused of being involved in the Capitol Hill siege stands at 940 as of January 5th of this year. Mm
6: Mm-hmm. Unbelievable.
0: They all need yeah. to be in jail. Today. Yes, they do, hard. including Donald they're... Trump. Yes, yeah. they're leading. Now, coming up, uh-huh, coming up at the top of the hour, we'll have more of the Steve Harvey Morning Show on this King holiday. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show.
10: Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
9: I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step.
5: Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said that life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? Coming up, we got some excerpts from Dr. King's I've Been to the Mountaintop speech.
7: Let us rise up tonight with a greater readiness. In these powerful days, these days of challenge to make America what it ought to be, we have an opportunity to make America a better nation. And I want to thank God once more for allowing me to be here with you. You know, several years ago, I was in New York City autographing the first book that I had written. And while sitting there, autographing books, a diminutive black woman came up. The only question I heard from her was, are you Martin Luther King? And I was looking down writing, and I said yes. The next minute I felt something beating on my chest. Before I knew it, I had been stabbed by this demented woman. I was rushed to Harlem Hospital. It was a dark Saturday afternoon. That blade had gone through, and the x-rays revealed that the tip of the blade was on the edge of my aorta, the main artery. And once that's punctured, you're drowned in your own blood, that's the end of you. It came out in the New York Times the next morning that if I had merely sneezed, I would have died. Well, about four days later, they allowed me after the operation, after my chest had been opened and the blade had been taken out, to move around in the wheelchair in the hospital. They allowed me to read some of the mail that came in, and from all over, the states and the world kind letters came in. I read a few, but one of them I will never forget. I had received one from the president and the vice president. I've forgotten what those telegrams said. I'd received a visit and a letter from the governor of New York, but I've forgotten what that letter said. But there was another letter that came from a little girl, a young girl who was a student at the White Plains High School. And I looked at that letter and I'll never forget it. It said simply, dear Dr. King, I am a ninth grade student at the White Plains High School. She said, while it should not matter, I would like to mention that I'm a white girl. I read in the paper of your misfortune and of your suffering And I read that if you had sneezed, you would have died. I'm simply writing you to say that I'm so happy that you didn't sneeze. And I want to say tonight, I want to say tonight that I too am happy that I didn't sneeze because if I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been around here in 1960 when students all over the South started sitting in at lunch counters. And I knew that as they were sitting in, they were really standing up for the best in the American dream and taking the whole nation back to those great wells of democracy which were dug deep by the Founding Fathers in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. If I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been around here in 1961 when we decided to take a ride for freedom and end its segregation in interstate travel. If I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been around here in 1962, the Negroes in all Bennett, Georgia decided to straighten their backs up. And whenever men and women straighten their backs up, they are going somewhere because a man can't ride your back unless it is bent. If I had sneezed, if I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been here in 1963. And the black people of Birmingham, Alabama, aroused the conscience of this nation and brought into being the Civil Rights Bill if I had sneezed. I wouldn't have had a chance later that year in August to try to tell America about a dream that I had had if I had sneezed. I wouldn't have been down in Selma, Alabama to see the great movement there if I had sneezed. I wouldn't have been in Memphis to see a community rally around those brothers and sisters who are suffering. I'm so happy that I didn't sneeze. And they were telling me, now it doesn't matter now. It really doesn't matter what happens now. I left Atlanta this morning and as we got started on the plane, there were six of us, the pilot said over the public address system, we are sorry for the delay." but we have Dr. Martin Luther King on the plane. And to be sure that all of the bags were checked and to be sure that nothing would be wrong on the plane, we had to check out everything carefully and we've had the plane protected and guarded all night. And then I got into Memphis and some began to say the threats, i talk about the threats that were out, or what would happen to me from some of our sick white brothers. Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead, but it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop.
4: I don't mind.
7: Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory
6: of the coming of the Lord. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show.
5: Coming up, we're going to play some excerpts from Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech.
7: I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. Five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came The life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. One hundred years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. One hundred years later... is still languished in the corners of American society and finds himself in exile in his own land. And so we've come here today to dramatize a shameful condition. In a sense, we've come to our nation's capital to cash a check. When the architects of our republic Now is the time to rise from the dark and desolate valley of segregation to the sunlit path of racial justice. Now is the time. From the quicksand of racial injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood, now is the time to make justice a reality for all of God's children. It would be fatal for the nation to overlook the urgency of the moment. This sweltering summit of the Negro's legitimate discontent will not pass until that is an invigorating autumn of freedom and equality. 1963 is not an end, but a beginning. Those who hope that the Negro needed to blow off steam and will now be content, will have a rude awakening if the nation returns to business as usual. There will be neither rest nor tranquility in America until the Negro is granted his citizenship rights. The whirlwinds of revolt will continue to shake the foundations of our nation until the bright day of justice emerges. But that is something that I must say to my people who stand on the warm threshold which leads into the palace of justice. In the process of gaining our rightful place, we must not be guilty of wrongful deeds. Let us not seek to satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred.
6: You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show.
5: Right now, as promised, uh, we're going to play some of Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech, which he delivered on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial back in 1963.
7: One day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. (laughs) We will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual: "Free at
6: last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last." We'll be back. You're listening to Steve Harvey Morning.
10: Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher.
0: Today is MLK Day. It is a day of service. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. devoted his life to service and fighting for civil rights and freedom. Dr. King had a pursuit for racial, social, and economic justice. And Steve, I gotta ask you this question. Uh, You know, you talk about this a lot. You talked about it earlier this morning. You've been through a lot growing up. So how have you learned to deal with racism? How, How have you dealt with it? I mean, look, <laughs> I mean, pretty
5: much like most people, I mean, I'm angry about it. I don't understand what's taking so long. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, it's, it's actually pathetic. Why is it in 2023 that people of color are still asking for equality, which seems like um, we're asking it from, from from somebody that's not willing to give it? I mean, it's just obviously that there are people who are set in their ways. And it's frustrating. Now we, even with that said, I have devoted myself to being the best person that I can be to elevate myself as high as I can, but not only elevate myself, stick my hand back down the wall and bring up as many people as I can. Thus my foundation, thus my ranch, thus me trying to promote young people. Thus helping people I'm constantly looking for ways to uplift the, the the oppressed the downtrodden people and 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 that carries over into all people too and and that's what's been crazy about it man I'm willing to help all people now do I have a special affinity and do I target mostly uh people of color yeah yeah I do that And I was talking to one guy one day and he said, well, how can you just target them? I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's where I see the most need. I see the most need in people of color, in in oppressed people. So I'm targeting my efforts. I said, you know, look, it's all types of people come to the camp. Uh, Anybody can come to the camp. Asians are oppressed. They welcome at the camp. All Latinos come to my camp. They welcome, I got white kids come to the camp. You know, I got all of them.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Diversity. Mm -hmm.
5: But you know, you you can't get mad at me because I know where the greater need is and I can see it more obviously. And it's my obligation because if the government not going to do it, well, let's just look at this right here. For example, let's just look at the education disparity in this country. Why do we have an educational disparity? Because the money on the federal level that we pay in taxes And we pay state taxes, local taxes. It all goes into a fund. Now, the areas that pay the most funds into the state taxes or the federal taxes are the places that receive the most money back. Poor places are not going to have as big a pool to pick from. So poor places stay behind the eight ball. It's the system they set up. See, they set that system up. Not me. So what should be happening is we should, as a country, make sure that all people have access to a quality education and a free education. Nah, that ain't the American way. That ain't the American way. But that's why we're losing education-wise on the global level. Because other countries, they don't, they don't do it that way. We should all be able to we make enough money in this country where everybody should get free medical.
2: Mm -hmm. Medicine is a business. Mm -hmm. We we don't get that. Being sick is a business. Yeah. Right. But Mm -hmm. this
5: is the system they set up, and the system is not set up and targeted for the underprivileged or the oppressed. Mm -hmm. Or the less fortunate. That's right, Right. Steve. So it's not set up that way. So my obligation and my foundation is for the less fortunate, the oppressed, the downtrodden, and I go out of my way to see that that happens. But you know, we're gonna win. It's just sad that it's taken so damn long. And it it pisses you off. And I I would say this to anybody who is not of color. How long would you like to wait to be treated equal?
0: That's That's right. And we'll have more of the Steve Harvey Morning Show as we celebrate the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. right after this.
6: You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show.
0: King Holiday is a day of service. Steve, you and your wife, Marjorie, are always giving back with your foundation. You mentor. We know that. You have a great mentoring camp, and what you do for these young men is so wonderful. So I have to ask you, why is mentoring so important to you? Well, the the
5: girls' weekend just ended down at the mm-hmm. ranch. Uh, Marjorie mm-hmm. was down there with the girls. It just ended. You can probably catch all the photos and stuff online, or uh, they... She even uh, spent the night with the girls at the Georgia Aquarium, and then she spent down at the ranch, uh, the new ranch we have, even though it's not built out yet. I'm still got to get a lot of funding to build it out to make it complete, but we've started the process, man, so the girls had their weekend down at the ranch. It's just important, man. It's just important to give back because, once again, uh, we live in a world that's not. Look, those of us that are fortunate enough to help, we, we should help without foundation or whatever. But the majority of the people that's doing the great work are not famous rich people. The real soldiers out there on the front line is the coaches that's coaching every day for teachers' pay, for the women out there who are being single mothers and raising these kids the right way. Those programs out there, the big brother, big sister organization, mm-hmm, those after-school mm-hmm. programs, school program. yeah. those are things that they do with dance troops and, and drill teams and drum academies that's the real work and those are the real soldiers right. and I want to thank those people for carrying out the work that don't get the notoriety that's because they're not famous or rich
0: that's right Steve and we'll have more of the Steve Harvey Morning Show on this King Holiday right after this
6: you're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show
0: well today is MLK Day and tomorrow tomorrow is Steve Harvey's wow Steve 66th birthday Woo! tomorrow 66th yes. yes. <laughs> 66, yes. sir. Wow, Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can call Steve's voicemail at 877-29-STEVE, 877-29-STEVE, and leave him your birthday shout-out. You never know. We could play your birthday shout-out on the air. Okay, Steve, I know you have big plans for your birthday tomorrow. What's happening?
5: No, I don't know. I had to just wait to see what the wife going to do. But, you know, you get your kicks on Route 66.
0: Yeah. Oh, look
6: at you. Yeah. I already it got together. it together. Claim it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. No,
5: somebody, told me, somebody told me, man, you get getting old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Old is the goal. The goal. I like when I you say I love that thing. If I love you don't that. like getting old, you can end it.
0: Damn, yeah. You can you <laughs> what, what end it any minute you?
5: now, but you do know you won't be here for next Christmas.
0: Yeah, mm. and it's in. Yeah, man, months. it's just
5: like wow, it's just like crazy, man. Sixty six—that's a big uh, number. A blessing. That's a big number, man. That's a big number.
0: How you feel, man?
5: It, How do yeah. you feel? This—I probably feel more blessed this one than anyone before.
0: Why is that? And
5: because I lost so many partners, man.
0: Oh, Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. That'll make you stand up. I lost (laughs) some
5: boys this year, man, that broke my heart. Will Horton. Q. From uh, Bowling Green, Tootly Doo. My best friend, Marvelous Marvin Horton's brother, Will Horton. Flip Bass. My special in the frat. He passed. He was just at my house for the big roundup we do for a bunch of cues. He was at my house. Then the next year we had it at my ranch, he wasn't there. So, you know, a lot of a lot of us a lot of cats is dealing with health issues. And so this year was probably this is my one of my most grateful years because you know, as we age, you know, I I got some health things I'm I'm grappling with too, you know. I'm just the body been you know, I was watching a video. It says, you know, have, if you ever noticed when you look at older couples, the woman is always a little bit more spry and chipper than the man. Mm-hmm. The man is always dragging behind. The woman always looks a little bit more spry and chipper than a real old couple. That's mm-hmm. because that man has been grinding. And he mm-hmm. says, when you've been grinding, grinding means to wear down something. Mm-hmm. You know, if you grind your teeth, if you grind... Yeah, two pieces yeah. of stone together. You ground the cornmeal. Grind- mm-hmm. You grind it. He said, that's that's hard, man. Mm-hmm. And a lot of men, man, just suffer from being in the grind. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been grinding, man. I have. I've been grinding. There's a there's a price for, for success. There's a price for poverty. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's sort of funny. I wa- I'm going to touch on that a little bit later on today. I'm going to touch on that a little bit later on.
0: All right, Steve. All right. Coming up, we'll have more on this King holiday right after this. You're
6: listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show.
10: Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail.
0: All right, so Steve, we get this request every year. Uh, people want us to play the closing from your stand-up special. Remember when you did this? This is so memorable. Don't trip. He ain't through with me yet at uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes MegaFest. This was back in 2006. People still wow. love this. Was that 17 years ago? Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs>
5: I know the exact year that I stopped going to hell
0: well that's a good thing
5: yeah. <laughs> yeah 2005 2006 about right 2007 when i really put the brakes on it but mm. yeah i was okay. full blast all the way up to 2005 full <sighs> blast the Lord. Rocket, and rocket boosters <laughs> just going <laughs> committed
6: mm-hmm.
5: yeah <laughs> man then Bishop called you thing. and Change. asked you to. And, and you know, and he called me and asked me and I told him, I said, man, let me think about it. And then I told him finally about the third car, said, Bishop, I said, I said I can't do it, man. I said, bro, you asking me that? You know, that's a whole hour. No, cuz I remember church people ain't gonna <laughs> big deal with me. He said, Hey, man, mm-hmm. I know you. He said, but better mm-hmm. than that, God know your heart. He said, you good brother, man. You could do it. Come on, do this. All right, man, I'll do it. I right, Good, i am put you down. i am put you on the way. All right, good.
0: Since so you he committed. Was going,
5: he was done with it. He didn't know what he had threw me into. Because let me tell you something, man. I had to go write. Don't mm-hmm. trip he ain't through with me yet. It's a whole special I wrote. Mm-hmm. I had to go oh, write no. that special. The was mm-hmm. jokes I was doing on the road.
4: No. Oh, I yeah, had to okay. go write that special. Yeah, I had to go write be. that
5: one. Mm-hmm. I had to go put this church stuff together. It was probably the easiest, hardest set I've ever written because I grew up in the church so I knew a lot of church stuff. Right.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: I did mm-hmm. not think that the church folks was going to accept it because I was going to have to talk about it. I was going to have to talk about the people that they let read announcements.
4: Yeah. You know. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, the just,
5: uh, first thing about reading that announcements, it. reading is fundamental. You can't yeah. put the ignorant people shouldn't be reading announcements. <laughs>
0: At the church, sick and chilling. No, I just, and it's just
5: a lot of stuff I knew. Calling the past about every little thing. I just, I said, and then stuff that I knew how the choir sang. Who right. in the choir? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know,
0: Yeah. stuff mm-hmm. you can't
5: do no more.
0: Right, right, <laughs> right. I do any You're of not. them
5: jokes, I'm being troubled. Down.
0: That's so true, Steve, because my grandmother, when she saw that special... She said, how he know all this is so mm-hmm. true? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talking about the church, all, mm-hmm. of, that, Cause all church, of that. I knew, I knew church because I grew up in it. Yeah. Do you know uh-huh. What were you
5: going to ask me? I was like, uh, like you know, like for us comedians, you know, you don't know where the bit going to come from, but do you remember the Comedy moment? segment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember the moment when you came up with that intro for Christ? Do you know you was at the time and place oh, yeah. you was at? Oh. I was at? I was at the Grand Lux restaurant yeah. in L.A. I was there too. Hills, <laughs> I remember At it. the Beverly Center. uh hmm uh-huh. Cause I used mm-hmm. to go from the radio show to the Grand Lux and sit there all day. Sometimes I would eat day. two, three meals there. Yeah. We play dominoes.
6: Why I black people sit corners. there all day, though? Why do we yeah. all that's day? Why,
5: that's why you they know, shut had, it down, too. Yeah. You know, I had a lot going on back then, so
6: yeah. we knew everything on center. that
0: menu. Mm-hmm.
5: And you know, I, like, I, and I would just sit there. And so one day, man. uh... Boom was there and Boom dog You done had a Hella career man What you like the most I said man I introduced everybody I didn't introduce Bobby Streisand I introduced You know uh, uh, Neil Diamond I didn't introduce right. I, I'm talking about Every black person I Beyonce Jay Z I don't care who it is is. Luther Whitney Michael I said only person I ain't never introduced Was Jesus I said if I could just Introduce Jesus that a cap it for me They said man What would you say And that was the bit If I had the pleasure of bringing out Christ, this is just how I would do it. It ain't got to be the way you do it. You might not think it's just right, but this is how I would do it. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to introduce a man who needs no
4: introduction. His credits are too long to list. He has done the impossible time after time. He hailed out of a manger in Bethlehem, Jerusalem by way of heaven. His mother is still headlining in the Catholic Church today. His daddy is the author of a book that has been on the bestseller list since the beginning of time. He holds the record for the world's greatest fish fry. He fed 5,000 hungry souls with two fish, five loaves of bread. He can walk on water, turn water into wine. No special effects, no camera tricks. He has a headshot on every church fan across the country. Even before the kings of comedy, he was hailed the king of all kings, ruler of the universe, Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, the bright and the morning star. Some say he's the Rose of Sharon, and some say he's the Prince of Peace. Get up on your feet, put your hands together, and show your love for the second coming